Hank handed me the sheet of paper, and I scanned it quickly. From the legal terminology, I gathered that Hilderly had copied it from his original will, changing only the names under the section headed Specific Bequests. The conditions for the executor and disposal of personal effects were as Hank had described them, but instead of Hilderly's sons, four individuals were to share equally in all cash, securities, and other financial assets. Jess Goodhue, Thomas Y. Grant, Libby Heikinen, and David Arlen Taylor. Hilderly did not specify their relationship to him, but he did state that he was making no provision for his former wife and children. The will didn't look as official as the typed copy from All Souls, but if Hank said it was legal, it had to be. My fingers touched something attached to the other side of the sheet. I turned it over, found one of those yellow stick-on memos. On it, Hilderly had written, Hank, you'll know how to contact Goodhue and Grant, but you'll have to trace Heikinen and Taylor. Sorry for the inconvenience. I peeled the memo off and handed it to Hank. He read it and grimaced in annoyance. Sure, Perry, I've never heard of any of these people. You must know who Jess Goodhue is. Why the hell should I know? She's a co-anchor on the KSTS Evening News. You forgot. I don't watch broadcast news. Oh, right. For as long as I've known him, Hank has been a news snob. He prefers his information in written, in depth, and in quantity. Every day, he reads at least five papers, the San Francisco Chronicle and Examiner, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Los Angeles Times. Every week, he pours over the news magazines regardless of their political orientation, and when he runs out of those, he is likely to be found with his nose stuck in Business Week, Sports Illustrated, or a legal journal. But one place he has never found is in front of the TV at 6 or 11 in the evening. Well, I said, that's who Jess Goodhue is. Tell me more about her. She's one of these up-and-coming media stars, young, in her early to mid-twenties. I'm willing to bet that by the time she's 30, she'll be anchoring for one of the networks. You know the type, good-looking, poised, super-professional. I can't imagine Perry even knowing someone like that. But he must have. Are you sure you don't know this Thomas V. Grant? According to Hilderly's note, he assumed you do. Hank thought for a moment, then snapped his fingers. Son of a bitch! I bet it is, he said softly. Who? Another local attorney. His lip curled slightly, but he didn't elaborate. I spotted a directory lying on the counter beneath the wall phone. Heikinen's not a very common name. I set the will down and went to look under the H's. No listing, I said after a few seconds. But that's not surprising. Just because the first two are local doesn't mean the others have to be. Besides, she might have married and changed her name. I flipped to the T's. There was more than a page of Taylor's including two with just the initial D and two Davids with no middle initial. No David Arlen Taylor, either. That could be a tough one. 
Not really. The middle name's distinctive. I moved back toward the table. I suppose this one's going to end up on my desk. Unless you want to turn it over to Ray. Ray Kelleher was my rapidly becoming indispensable assistant. No, I've kind of loaded her down lately. Maybe I'll have her do some preliminary work, but I'll handle the rest personally. I didn't want to tell Hank that Ray had become so good at her job I really hadn't had much to do recently. It had taken far too many years for the All Souls partners to give me the go-ahead to hire an assistant, and I wasn't about to sow any seeds of doubt as to the wisdom of that action. I also didn't want to admit that nowadays I had a lot of empty hours that I'd prefer to fill with work, for fear that such a confession would provoke a solicitous and unwelcome inquiry about my private life.